Genesis 39, 19. And it came to pass, when his master heard the words of his wife, this is Potiphar hearing the words of his wife. Potiphar is the master of Joseph. Joseph has been enslaved. Joseph has been sent to another country in another city. And his master now has an ill word for, about Joseph from his wife. It's a lie, but this is what she says. And it came to pass when his master heard the words of his wife, which he spake unto him, saying, After this manner did thy servant to me. Rumor, conjecture, lies, but this is what she says. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That his wrath was kindled. And Joseph's master took him and put him into the prison, a place where the king's prisoners were abound. And he was there in the prison. Verse 21. But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy and gave him favor in the sight of the keepers of the prison. Yes, sir. And the keeper of the prison committed to Joseph's hand all the prisoners that were in the prisons. And whatsoever they did there, he was the doer of it. The keeper of the prison looked not to anything that was under his hand because the Lord was with, with him. him. Right, right. And that which he did, the Lord made it to prosper. prosper. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading of his word. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord, saints, again. Do greet you all in the name of our Lord and our Savior, Jesus the Christ. I'm so grateful to be with you again, excited about this moment. I was so happy when um, the minister preached last week about faith and reaching out towards faith. It really inspired me to think of some, about things in a slightly different way. And as I kind of approach this message, we've been talking about this idea of who is the source of our strength versus what is a resource of our strength. Right, sometimes I think we get confused and we think our resources are our source, and it's not true. Uh, the problem with uh, us trying to use resources as the source, God is the source, right? We have resources, we have our good mind, we have our strength, our abilities. When I was younger, I could run pretty fast. I had that as a resource. As I got older, the knees will not let me run anymore. So I'm, I'm, th that resource was good one cent, and next, now it's, it's not the source, right? But it's a resource. Resources go up and down. The problem with resources isn't that they're not from God. It's that sometimes when we, our resources are, are pretty good at one day, we measure all our problems by the resource. And so one day, you actually may be on top. That you may actually have that bank account that you're proud of. That you may have that bank account that has those, those, those zeros at the end and you are happy. Like, like that may be you today. Right? Yeah. But just, I don't know if you what, saw what happened during the pandemic, a lot of those bank accounts that started here ended up here. And, I'm, and now you're measuring your problems against your resources and you're coming up short. That's why I love the song we just, just sang. It said, our God is great. It doesn't matter what my resources do. <laughs> doesn't matter that they go up and down because my God is greater my God is the greater one right so you know if my resource happens to be great today wonderful but I'm not gonna make a God out of my resource I'm not gonna not allow my resource to become my God I'm gonna make sure that God is the source of my strength here's the thing about having the source of God as your strength it removes um, the condition that I now think God is good because of my resource. 
right? You take away the fact that your resources can come and go, but the source still stays with you. It no longer matters what the condition you find yourself in. Which is why I thought it was so wonderful to look at Genesis 39, because I had to wonder in myself really how Joseph is experiencing this. I know we're talking about it in hindsight, but I'm wondering strongly about how Joseph is in the moment with this particular problem. Again, I'm going to repeat a few things about the story of Joseph. Joseph was the favorite of his father's sons. He was the first son of the wife he actually wanted. And remember, he was tricked into marrying the other wife and then she had lots of... But then he finally got... And so Joseph is the fulfillment of waiting and upon waiting. And Joseph is, is just his... He just loves Joseph. What's he going to do? He just loves him. <laughs> uh, when we were young, we used to refer to as being the blue-eyed boy. You are the one that is being loved on, right? <laughs> in, in hindsight, I know I'm the, I'm, I was loved. I, I was, I think it was actually my big brother who was the loved one. Who was, I think, it, no, it was definitely Floyd who was the loved one, right? <laughs> but he was the favorite and his brothers hated it. His brothers hated it so much that they literally... We're going to kill him, but they said, no, nah, we can't kill him. Let's throw him in a pit and let's sell him into slavery. <laughs> Man, that's... Joseph... <laughs> I'm thinking what's in the mind of Joseph now. The thing that is your great... The thing that you get before anything else from your parents is two things you get from your parents. Unconditional love and a name. That's it. You, come in, you, don't, have any, you don't have anything good to bring to them, but pain of you getting here and then worry about you for the next however long they're going to be alive. That's the only thing you've contributed to them, right? <laughs> and now here he is, having received all this unconditional love from his father, and his whole family rejects him, his brothers reject him. And as far as they're concerned, he's dead. He ends up in the house of Potiphar. And actually, kind of, when you think about it, he lands on his feet. He was a slave. But Potiphar's house is treated well. He lands on his feet, he becomes the head of the house. And the scripture tells us that the Lord is with Joseph, even when he is enslaved. That's something I've been thinking about strongly. Because we often think about, only when the things are going well, is the Lord with me. Like that shows he's with me. Uh, I had really good week this week, so the Lord must be with me this week. And then when we don't have that good week, the natural brain's response is to say, oh, he was with me last week, but surely something's happened. I must have done something wrong this week. But the scripture clearly states, regardless of what condition Joseph finds himself in, that the Lord is with him. And I'm challenging you and your mindset here to not think about that the Lord is with me or not with me, depending on how well I'm doing, but just to know with an assurity he's with me no matter what I'm going through. He is with you. He is with you. So we get to verse 19. He's the head of Potiphar's house. He's been doing well. In fact, the scripture tells us that everything Joseph does for Potiphar is so successful that he gives him everything to do. Oh, gosh, when I gave this job to Joseph, all of a sudden... We have more money than we need. Give him more responsibility. If the Lord is with him, 
then give him all of my house. Let him take care of my whole house. The only thing that he obviously can't have is Potiphar's wife. What's really found interesting when I reread the scripture this week is the only thing that, jo- that Potiphar has not given Joseph is his wife. And the only thing that doesn't want Potiphar is his wife. Like, she doesn't want Potiphar, she wants Joseph. Which is another reason why you shouldn't rely on your resources, you should rely on your source. Your resources will turn against you. Your friends will. They will want the other thing, the trendy, the new thing. But my God is greater, better. You start looking at your resources like they're the fix, we're gonna fix the thing. And the Lord's standing there saying, I'm the one who's been fixing this the whole time. Yes, your brothers turned on you, but I never stopped being with you. Yes, you were rejected. Yes, your feelings were hurt. I'm not even saying the feelings were not hurt. I'm saying that's absolutely true. But the Lord was still with you. Gosh, that's a difficult one to bite because you look at the resources and say, that is how the Lord is blessing me. No, it's his presence that's blessing you. Verse 19, and it came to pass when his master heard the words of his wife. The thing that she was trying to do was if he's going to, if Joseph's going to reject me, the slave I have in my house, I don't want him in my house. The only way to get rid of him is to accuse him of sexual impropriety. That's the only way to get rid of him. So she does that. She accuses him, wrongly so, and she gets him kicked out the house. And in his wrath, Potiphar doesn't even check the facts. He just kicks Joseph out the house. You know what one thing I actually wondered about here is, I think that as soon as Joseph was kicked out the house, that the blessings that came in with him left with him. Like the wife thought she was getting things back in order, but what she didn't realize is that the only reason why the house was being blessed was because of Joseph. (laughs) Joseph was still dealing with rejection. Joseph didn't have to feel better about his rejection. Joseph didn't have to be free. But all Joseph needed was the presence of the Lord with him. (laughs) I know things aren't going as well as you'd like them to go. And I know the people that you wanted to love you aren't loving you the way they're supposed to. It happens to the best of us. But I'm assuring you that the Lord loves you the way he's supposed to right now. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Let me keep reading. Verse 20, it says, Joseph's master took him and put him into the prison. (laughs) Joseph has gone from being rejected from his family, created into a slave, and now it's just a downward trajectory. He started here. His father giving him this beautiful coat of many colors. But then Joseph dreams this dream. This dream that says the moon, the sun, the moon, and the stars all bowed down to me. That's the dream. That's the vision. And his brothers hated him for the vision that was in him. I have no longer stopped being surprised when people hate the vision in me and what the Lord has decided to do in me. You were assuming they would be celebrating. You were assuming that they would start celebrating what the Lord has prepared for you. But they actually started doing the opposite and started putting him into slavery. But I know with an assurity 
that what Joseph was given was a vision for his life and regardless of what people decided to hate in Joseph, the Lord was going to see it through. I can't worry about other people's feelings when the Lord is with me. That's worshipping resource rather than source. I've got to put his purpose first in me, even before yours. The funny thing about Joseph's vision, they assumed that bowing down to him was something about him being great and them being less. The truth of the matter is, it was about him providing for them. They, but some people don't see the vision God has in you and they easily misinterpret it. Rather than seeing the positive, they see the negative. But you don't have to worry about their interpretation because the Lord is with you. Amen. Amen. Verse 20, and Joseph's master took him and put him into prison, a place where the king's prisoners were bound. He was there and he was there in the prison. He isn't in just a regular prison. He's in the king's prison. I was thinking about this again as I was reading the scripture. Uh, my mom's, one of my mom's favorite um, films was um, The Count of Monte Cristo. I don't know if you've ever seen it. The Count of Monte Cristo, um, I, I can't remember the name of the actor. He was a handsome gentleman. My, my mom loved him to death. Uh, and and the, the story goes that he's betrayed and put into jail. This place called Chateau d'If, it's a French story. And they put him into this, this um, chateau, this prison, and it's supposed to be a place where you go where they never see you again. You go in, that's it. It's the prince prison. He doesn't want to give you justice. He doesn't want to talk to you. He doesn't want to think about you. He wants to put you in a place that will, you'll never get out of. There's going to be no judge. There's no jury. It's the king's prison. It's designed to have you bound forever. And this is the place that Joseph finds himself. Joseph has no resources. He has nobody asking where he is. He has nobody asking how he's doing. He has no one who knows his history or how he's doing or whether he's supposed to be here or not. Doesn't have a lawyer, certainly doesn't have a lawyer. Doesn't have somebody speaking for his behalf. By every bit of evidence, Joseph is in the deepest dungeon where no one knows where he is. He is as alone as you can be. But what does the scripture say about Joseph in this particular place? They say he's in the prison of prisons, he's in the king's prison, he's bound in the prison. So he's not just in it, he's actually shackled in the prison. And then somehow verse 20, 21 has the audacity to say, but the Lord was with Joseph. <laughs> It doesn't even, you kind of think about it, wait a minute, you've just described the worst condition. You've just described the worst situation. It's one thing to be in jail, but to have no one know you're there. It's one thing to be in bound and chained, but have no one advocating for you. And the scripture is saying, yep, that's absolutely true. But the Lord was with Joseph. Again, my resources have run out. <laughs> My help has run out. But the scripture says the Lord is with Joseph. And put him in prison, a place where the king's prisoners were bound. But the Lord was with Joseph. And showed him mercy. 
we often don't think about the idea of somebody being blessed if your conditions don't look good. We don't think about that. We often think, I surely can't help that person because they're doing so, look how good looking they are. They don't need a word from me. <laughs> we often look at them and say, they're in a good, better position than me, so how can a word from me help? You don't realize that even when you're in chains, even when your situation isn't going well, you can still be a blessing to others. You don't have to be free to bless somebody else. Like Joseph was enslaved before he was in prison and he was somehow blessing Potiphar's house. Why? Because he had resources that Potiphar didn't? Absolutely not. Because he had a, he had a source that Potiphar didn't. He had the Lord on his side. <laughs> uh, but the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy and gave him favor. Mercy and favor in prison. <laughs> I have to start rethinking my association with the things I have and the places I, I go. Like I'm not necessarily in prison because I only have three digits on my bank account versus the 10 digits on some of your bank accounts. Maybe not 10, maybe I'm going over the top there. <laughs> maybe six, four, four. <laughs> but you're going to be okay. I'm going to be just fine with my three as long as the Lord is with me. You want to turn your resource into your God? Then yes, you're in trouble. But as long as my source is the Lord, then I'm still going to be okay. Joseph is in prison. He put him in prison, a place where the prison, king's prisoners were bound. Verse 22, and the keeper of the prison committed to Joseph and all the prisoners that were in the prison. And whatsoever they did there, he was the doer of it. I've never seen or heard of a prison that prospers before this verse. Like, I've never heard it. You've never heard of a prison. Well, a prisoner's doing well. What? Doesn't make sense. But I know that my God is greater. He can turn graves into gardens, right? The, th the place where things aren't supposed to grow, he can make it grow. The place that we assumed was dead can now have life. The thing that everybody gave up on, he can make a way out of nowhere. That's the nature of my God. That's how my God is. <laughs> a prison that is doing well, that doesn't make sense. How is it that? A prison where people are supposed to disappear yes, sir, yes, now is a place where things are seen to be going well. Yes, that happens when the Lord is on your side. And the keeper of the prison committed to Joseph's hand all of the prisoners. Now you're in prison, jailbreaking the prison. <laughs> because you got me here and the Lord is on my side. I'm going to start helping the people who are now in the prison with me. You know one of the things I want to talk about with regards to source versus resource? When the Lord does bless you in situations that are tough, it's your job and responsibility to now be a blessing to others. Joseph could have gone in there and just waited his time out because the dream that he had about his brothers and his mother and his father bowing to him was going to come true regardless. But if that's not the approach he had. His approach was, if you're bound and I'm here with you, I'm going to 
give you some relief. Let me keep reading here because you're going to see what I'm saying. The keeper of the prison looked not to anything, verse 23, that was under his hand because the Lord was with Joseph. That which he did, the Lord made it prosper. Everything Joseph did in a prison was made to prosper. Who's heard of prospering prisons? That doesn't even, it it, it comes off the tongue, but boy, it doesn't make sense. No one's ever said, yeah, we've got a a prison here in Kentucky. It's really been prospering. That doesn't make no sense. But when the Lord is with him. Verse 4, I'm going to go to chapter 40 here really quickly. I'm going to get out your way. Chapter 40, and it came to pass after these things that the butler of the king of Egypt and his baker had offended their lord, the king. And Pharaoh was wroth against the two of his officers, against the chief of the butlers and against the chief baker. And he put them in the ward in the house of the captain of the guard into the prison, the place where Joseph was bound. So two people end up in the same place that Joseph's at, where Joseph's been tied up but somehow is prospering. The place where Joseph is bound and in prison and is prospering, two other people get thrown in there. And he put them in the ward, and verse four, and the captain of the guard charged Joseph. He says, Joseph says, and he served, um, and the captain of the guard charged Joseph with them, and he served them, and they continued a season in the ward. What does Joseph do when these people are in prison with him? Serves them. That's an attitude. That's a, 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 a vision of what I'm supposed to do. The, thought, the brothers thought that bowing down to Joseph meant we were serving him. Bowing down to Joseph was him serving you. When the whole of the world was going to starve, Joseph was going to serve you. If Joseph was going to serve these prisoners, what was he going to do for his brothers and his father and his mother? They misunderstood what the vision for Joseph's life meant for them. <sighs> Let me finish this out. And they dreamed a dream, both of them, each man his dream in one night. Each man according to the interpretation of his dream, the butler and the baker of the king of Egypt, which were bound in prison. And Joseph came in unto them in the morning and looked upon them, and behold, they were sad. Behold, Joseph's been in prison. Joseph's been enslaved in the house of Potiphar. Joseph's been kicked out and thrown out of his house and thrown into a pit. Joseph's been betrayed by his family. But the scripture said, who's sad? The butler and the baker. There is something internal to Joseph that knows that everything he's going through is not good but it's going to be all right. And he's looking for opportunities not to help himself, but to help others. (laughs) And he asked Pharaoh's officer that were with him in the ward of the Lord's house saying, wherefore look you so sadly? Why are you so upset? (laughs) Why are you sad? (laughs) That's amazing to me. And I think sometimes we assume we've got nothing to serve with if somebody has more than us or if somebody's in a better position to, 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 than, than us, we can't give them help. And I'd like to reject that. Yes. I'd like to say if the Lord is with us, yes. we have something yes. to give. Yes. We have something to offer. Yes. Joseph is in a position right now where he's saying, I can help others. <laughs> so this is the, how it ends up. And he asked Pharaoh's officers that were with him in the ward of his Lord's house, saying, wherefore look ye so sad today? And they said unto him, we have dreamed a dream, 
and there is no interpretation of it. And Joseph said unto them, Do not interpretations belong to God? Tell me them, I pray you. And the chief butler told his dream to Joseph, and said to him, In my dream, behold, a vine was before me. And in the vine there were three branches, and it was as though it budded. And her blossoms shot forth, and the clusters thereof brought forth grapes. And Pharaoh's cup was in my hand, and I took the grapes, and pressed them into Pharaoh's cup, and I gave the cup into Pharaoh's hand. And Joseph said unto him, this is the interpretation of it. The three branches are three days. Yet within three days shall Pharaoh lift up thine head and restore thee unto thy place. And that shall deliver Pharaoh's cup into his hand after the former manner when thou wast his butler. What is happening right here is that Joseph is giving a vision of what tomorrow is going to be to this butler that is better than what's going on today. He is delivering to him just a little bit of hope. This is going to happen whether he wants it to or not. But Joseph is giving hope. And I don't think we, should, we need to say to ourselves, I need to get out of my jam first before I give you hope of getting out of your problem. If you believe the Lord is with you, I can believe I'm going to go through this for as long as I need, but the Lord can help you today. The Lord can help you tomorrow. Maybe I need to struggle on with my situation just a little bit longer. In fact, the scripture goes on and says, Joseph is stuck in prison for another two years. The butler gets out after three, and Joseph is stuck struggling in a prison, bound in the inner part of the prison for another two years. My deliverance doesn't make me want to stop your deliverance. In fact, I want to see you delivered even before I'm delivered. Because I don't rely on my resources, I rely on the source of all things. I don't care if the Lord blesses me with a million dollars, that's a wonderful thing. I'm praying for it right now. Let everyone get their million. <laughs> I'm praying for it right now. But what I don't want you to lose in getting your million is the source. Amen? I want you to have your million, your resource, and your source. But if nothing else, let's hold on to the source. Because we know that whatever we go through, if we find ourselves in the prison, he's going to be with us. If we find ourselves in, the, in, in slave, he's going to be with us. If we find ourselves accused, he's going to be with us. If we find ourselves bound in chains, he's going to be with us. He will cause that which is with us to prosper. Let me read one scripture and I'll get out of your way. John chapter 5, if you can find that for me. John chapter 5, verse 1. As you were reading one scripture, it just kind of came to my mind. John chapter 5, verse 1. You were reading about um, the blind man who cried out to Jesus. And you were reading, this isn't that scripture, but I was thinking about that as you were reading it. And G the man cried out to Jesus, Jesus, thou son of David. That's the scripture you read, right? Says, have mercy upon me. Have mercy upon me. And everybody was telling him to be quiet. Be quiet. Jesus is here. And he shouted louder, Jesus. Son of David, have mercy upon me. I was thinking about that. If somebody calls me down the street, I don't like, you know, shout out my name. Yes, Mark. I'm like, uh, I don't know who that is. Yes, right. I'm just going to keep on walking. You say Mark Anthony, I've got no choice. Right, because that, uh, now you've narrowed it down. You say Mark Anthony, Jelf. I'm like, oh, gosh. They know exactly who I am. What was this blind man doing? He was calling out Jesus, 
Son of full government name. I want you. Yes, sir. Come on, sir. I want you, Jesus, son of David, to help me. He identified his source and said, Let I need you. Let, just read that St. John chapter 5, verse 1. After this, yes. there was a feast of the Jews, yeah. and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is at Jerusalem by the sheep market a pool, which is called, the, in the Hebrew tongue, Bethesda, yeah. having five porches. In these lay a great multitude of impotent folk, of blind, halt, withered, waiting for the moving, moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain season into the pool and troubled the water. So let me just set this up here. There's a pool near this um, sheep pen that basically is called the, po the Pool of Bethesda. This Pool of Bethesda, Bethesda is a Hebrew word, an ancient Hebrew word. It simply means the dwelling place or the house of mercy. The house of mercy. And every once in a while, this angel would come down and touch the water. And everybody who was sick would try to get to the water. And the first one to touch it gets healed. The first one, mind you, not the second one. The second person is out of luck. You've got to be the first one. Right? This is a kind of a healing place where people would go to get healed. The problem is you have to be the fastest. That's the problem with our resource, actually. Right? For, it to, for you to fully enjoy it, you have to have more than somebody else. <laughs> Look, no one, no one here wants a million uh, dollars if everybody else has it. Why? Because if we all have a million dollars, then a Snickers bar will cost 500000 That's exactly what would happen next. They would charge everybody more for everything. Right? So with resources, you kind of have to be first or the biggest or the best in order to get the full value of the resource. <laughs> but when everybody has the source, there's no competition for that. You, you see what I mean? I don't have to be first. When I have the full value of the source rather than the resource, I have to worry about you having more than me because we all have it all in the Lord. Does that make sense? Let's keep reading. For an angel, verse 4, went down at a certain season into the pool and troubled the water. Yeah. Whosoever went then first after troubling of the water stepped in was made whole of whatsoever disease he had. Whoever was first, whoever was fastest, whoever was strongest of the sick people was the one who got healed. You've got to be the fastest of the sick, though. It's, it's, it's terrible. Let's keep going. Verse 5. And a certain man was there which had an affirmative 38 years. 38 years of waiting. We talked about Joseph's three years, but we haven't talked about this man's 38 years of waiting. 38 years of trying to be the first, 38 years of trying to get there ahead of somebody else, but always coming up short, always coming up second. That's what happens when you rely on resources. Somebody always seems to have more than you. But let's keep going. Verse 6, when Jesus saw him lie and knew that he had been now a long time in that case, he said unto them, him, wilt thou be made whole? Will you be made whole? Will you be made whole? This is telling you something here, that the Lord of heaven is standing right here and you're still looking at the pool rather than Jesus. Like you've, you've been asking the wrong question of the wrong thing this whole, you've had a relationship with your job, trying to build enough resources and only to realize that the thing you should have been asking was Jesus. Jesus is standing on the sides of your life and he's saying, I want to be the thing that you are talking to right now. You're negotiating with a resource and I'm sitting here saying, do you want to be whole? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. 
Why not have me in the conversation? And that's what I've been talking about today. I want you to have elevate Jesus. Elevate the Lord in your conversation, in your life, in your situation, in your problem. Have him be the thing we rely on. Have him be the thing we ask. Even if I'm waiting, I know he's with me. My resources come and go, but I know he's with me. And I want you to focus on the Lord. You'll realize that not being first isn't going to be that big of a deal. That waiting three years isn't going to be that big a deal. Yes, I'm struggling for 38 years, but he's with me. And I'm going to be okay. I realize that I don't have to worry about being alone because he is with me. Don't have to worry about that relationship that got broken because he's the mender of. He's the, bre- he's the, he's the healer of. I don't have to worry about how badly it looked or for how long because I know that he's with me. I know he'll save me. I know if you know I'm in the prison bound right now. I know even though I'm in the bound prison right now and no one could objectively describe it as anything other than terrible. No one could look at it, but somehow I've still got a smile on my face. Somehow I'm still speaking comfort to the ones who are in here with me. Somehow I'm still speaking victory over their lives. It's because the Lord is with me. And so I will not fear what man can do to me. May the Lord have a blessing to what the word of his word.